Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Due to the laws of diminishing returns, video game follow-ups will always try to outdo their predecessors to keep you hooked in the increasingly crowded gaming landscape, which makes it all the more strange when some titles land on the market with less content or features than before. So let's take a look at these curious cases as I'm Jules, this is WhatCulture.com, and these are seven video game sequels that gave you less. Number seven, The Fruit Bazooka. Crash Bandicoot 4, It's About Time. Now, for those of us born in the 90s, the Crash Bandicoot games were an absolute institution. And when the box art for third outing Crash Bandicoot Warped was first seen, we all thought the same thing. He's on a motorbike, and he's got a bloody bazooka. Yes, indeed. After a little tricky aerial battle with bomb-headed boffin engine, Crash was gifted the fruit bazooka as a power-up, promising devastation for both hard-to-reach crates and enemies alike. Now, whilst it made the following levels a lot less challenging, the unbridled joy of returning to previous stages armed to the teeth of that one bit that caught you out was palpable for many a young one enjoying the game. When the remastered Endsane trilogy dropped in 2017, fans around the world were overjoyed to once again pull the trigger of this fruity firearm. Well, if they hadn't already broken their controller playing the high road, that is. But the classic-inspired Crash 4 that followed a few years later saw the bazooka curiously cut from the tough-as-nails game, where it really could have done some good. For that one box that you've been dying to break for hours in the pursuit of the gem, it would have been invaluable, maybe even controller-saving. But maybe the idea of a tooled-up marsupial in an otherwise kid's game was one that the developers actively stepped away from. But we can't help but feel that something was missing with the bazooka absence. As a concept, it was hilarious, and as a weapon, it was bloody unstoppable. Number 6. A full game. Star Wars The Force Unleashed 2. Being evil can be great fun, and nowhere in the LucasArts catalogue was this more keenly felt than Star Wars The Force Unleashed. The game pictures the player as Star Killer, Darth Vader's secret apprentice tasked with hunting down Jedi in the wake of their purge. Now, Due in part to technical issues, the game was not exactly a resounding success across the board, but its deep dive into lore and presentation of a more morally ambiguous story did generate enough interest for a sequel. Fast forward two years later and the follow-up had plenty to prove. Following Starkiller's face turn and death in the previous game, the player was once again in the shoes of a dark side force user as Starkiller's clone, and could revel in their vicarious desires to use said powers to their full extent. Unfortunately, the game limped into the community with an unexpected narrative running in at barely half the length of its predecessor. Whilst improvements had been made on the technical side of things, with fluid mechanics and updated visuals, the four biomes of painfully repetitive and unchallenging gameplay reeked of a studio just trying to cash in on a popular IP 
with no real intention of doing it justice. Following Disney's acquisition of the franchise, all plans for a hinted sequel were utterly cancelled. This would be the last that we saw of Starkiller, or at least his clone. And a ripple in the force was barely noticed at all, as millions of voices grunted with mild disinterest. Number 5. The Open World Dynasty Warriors 9 Empires Now, Dynasty Warriors is a franchise that proves to many that you can never have too much of a good thing. Now, the formula is pretty straightforward. Pick a warrior with a weirdly specific weapon. I'm looking at you, Huang Guy, you bloody boat boy. Jump into a stage holding thousands of enemies and, well, have at thee. The series progressed with very little up until Dynasty Warriors 9, which would attempt to revolutionize the Stoic series with the addition of open-world elements. Whilst the button-mashing mayhem of previous titles would remain, sections in between would have the player traveling China on horseback collecting resources for crafting, creating hideouts, and taking on obligatory side quests for wandering NPCs. Now, response to the game was, um, mixed, to say the least. And it was the open world which bore the brunt of critical ire. Whilst an ambitious move to try and shake up the franchise, critics noted the space between the battles offered very little of interest, and the battles themselves would do nothing to silence those who see Dynasty Warriors as just mindless distraction. And hey, there's nothing wrong with that. Sure enough, as is tradition, the strategy-focused Empires edition to the game was announced in September 2020, and publisher Koi Tecmo have gone on to say that whilst the game will use some of the open world assets from the mainline title, the open world itself will not be carrying over. Although the game will not be out until February 2022, it's fair to say that Dynasty Warriors' foray into progression has been a one-and-done deal. Number 4. Farts and some other stuff, but mainly farts. Soulstorm. Following a period of inactivity from Oddworld inhabitants, the announcement of a ground-up Unity remake of the bizarre yet beloved Abe's Odyssey sent ripples of joy through the gaming community, as fans looked forward to once again helping the hapless Madokan save his people in HD. Following the success of this remake, titled New and Tasty, Odyssey's sequel was next up for a fresh coat of paint. The development team decided to take this momentum, use the original Exodus as a springboard, and then plunge deeper into the world of Odd. With an expanded story, new mechanics, and more varied enemies and challenges, the result was a charming reimagining of the 90s classic, albeit one with more than a few unfortunate bugs. Despite promising so many new ways to help Abe's quest, one of the stranger abilities not making the cut this time round would be the dedicated fart button. Now I know you're thinking to yourself, why would a fart be able to help? But you could possess the farts and then use them to explode enemies. It was actually a really good tactical solution. But yeah, it wasn't in the game, and I'm actually kind of gutted about that. Bit of a brown note. Number 3. A Single Player Campaign Call of Duty Black Ops 4 Now, the first-person shooter genre has been an incredibly lucrative business opportunity for developers this century, and much of its earning potential is largely thanks to the endlessly replayable multiplayer suites on offer. Ever since the advent of online gaming, the age of the couch co-op has all but disappeared as legions of avid gamers flock online to hear about sordid affairs between their mothers and the 13-year-old that just shot them in the face, and maybe, just maybe, might play a little bit of the game as well. As these games have become more popular, DLCs and season passes have given developers the opportunity to squeeze those extra dollars out of their rabid fan bases and even slip a few sneaky microtransactions through the net whilst the gaming press has their backs turned. I'm looking at you, Call of Duty. With so much money wrapped up in this, it was all but inevitable that a AAA game would eventually come along and devote itself solely to multiplayer. Enter 2018's Call of Duty Black Ops 4. Now, fans were understandably a bit wary when Activision announced that Black Ops 4 would be a multiplayer-only option, with their reasoning being that this is where the vast majority would be spending their time anyway. Although perennial video game baddies EA had made a similar and similarly criticized move in 2015 with their Star Wars Battlefront reboot, 
This was the first time a franchise with a long history of narrative campaigns had ever taken such a step. Although said multiplayer extravaganza was well received at launch, many fans still felt like something fundamental had been snatched from the first-person genre. When Black Ops Cold War released two years later with a campaign back on the menu, it at least seemed like their voices had been heard. It's a shame the rest of the game was a bit tosh. Number 2. All of Your Gear The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild Whoa, 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 now I know what you're thinking right now. Breath of the Wild being criticised? Oh, better get up my pitchfork and burn jewels alive at the stake. But no, just bear with me because I actually love this game for what it is, but it definitely did offer us less in terms of how it approached its gameplay. Or at least specific, just just bear with me. Whilst rightly hailed as one of the greatest video games, and say it with me kids, of all time! To call Breath of the Wild a departure from the Legend of Zelda formula would be enough to get you a you-don't-say out of the speechless protagonist himself. Now, Zelda games have historically started to a dungeon and item based formula. Players would make their way through the elemental themed dungeons requiring a specific item hidden behind a mini boss to complete and then take down the dungeon boss for a heart container and a narrative progression towards fighting the big bad which is usually Ganon. Now whilst all the plot points are there in this game, destined hero, princess in peril, great big slab of Ganon based evil, Breath of the Wild completely reinvented the Zelda franchise with its colossal open world and rich non-linear gameplay. But where Link's tried and tested reoccurring items like hook shots and boomerangs would usually aid you in your quest, this time all you had to your name was the slate and your own ingenuity. And this was initially met with trepidation upon announcement, but all concerns were put to rest when Breath of the Wild proved that this reinvention was the best thing to happen to the franchise since Ocarina of Time. And trailers indicate the sequel will continue more of the same, so don't go forking out for that bigger bomb bag just yet. But still, in terms of what it offered you, technically less. Still satisfaction-wise, so much more. And number one, anything other than skating. Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 5. You want to talk about omitting features? Well, how about we skip a few steps and talk about a game that was almost omitted in its entirety? In the early 2000s, when we had the collective delusion that baggy trousers and wallet chains looked cool, few video game franchises had the pulling power than that of the Tony Hawk's Pro Skater games. Cashing in on the punky counterculture sphere that skateboarding found itself in, the games gave fans an opportunity to skate, grind, and ollie their way through a series of environments in pursuit of the highest scores and the longest combos they could muster. Following a long hiatus as game gaming tastes changed, and an upcoming exploration of the game license, Activision hastily cobbled together some bits of code that they just found down the back of the sofa, burned about a third of it to a disc, and sold it at full market price hoping that nobody would notice. This game was called Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 5. With the game's disc largely being a receiver for a multi-gigabyte day one patch, once the download had eventually completed, fans were treated to a lackluster and cynical bodge job designed only for legal reasons. Omitting previous features such as switching grind tricks in the same sequence flatland tricks, the ability to get off the board, climb, slow down time, or drive vehicles, what remained was a bare husk of a skating game with PS2 graphics attached. Thankfully, a well-made 2020 remaster of the original two games has snapped up nostalgia and reclaimed some of the franchise's previous reputation, but but for a while it looked like this skating institution was destined to end in one hell of a wipeout. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. 
The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.